What's going on, everyone? Sam joined by Matt McFeely and now Matt DeSanto, a, or Matty Nostradamus as we like to call him. Uh, welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. A uh, huge day heading into a huge weekend, especially if you're a Giant fan. Definitely have some Jet news to break down. Again, Giants head to Minnesota for a huge wild card around matchup. Um, and then the biggest elephant in the room, Carlos Correa. Uh, your newest Minnesota twin amidst all the contract drama surrounding it. Definitely going to need a lot of legwork to get through this one. Um, Matt, I'll kick it to you. Uh, where do you stand on this? Do you think the Mets have a leg to stand on here? It seemed like that this, this season passed all the required tests in your eyes. This was a, uh, it was strange to me because I, I like kind of didn't understand like being half in half out. Like, yeah, we'll do it. We don't really care, but like, I don't know. Do we want to give too much? Like it was just strange because if you're going to tell me that money's not an object, but then it was. Um, I like the way that Passon put it yesterday uh, when he said that this was kind of just, uh, you know, this is more of a bonus than end-all, be-all. And then, you know, you never had him, so I guess you never lost him. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it stinks a little bit to to feel like you finally found that, uh, that final piece and then not come away with it. But, I mean, really, like, what does he do for, for the Mets in the regular season? Like, how, how many wins is he worth, right? So you would have to think that the Mets are, are a shoe-in playoff team, and it's one less bat. And, and they'll have a whole half season and, and deadline to, to bring in another bat and w- with much less commitment. So I have to imagine that there was something pretty serious about the physical. Um, you know, when Minnesota is the only team that's, that's going to take a chance on you because they don't have these opportunities very often – uh, I think that tells you something. So I'm not upset about it. It was just kind of a, it was just kind of a tease. Um, Matt, I'm going to kick it to Matty Nostradamus. I'm going to kick the, the this to you because I have a bit of a complex look at this. So you can give your thoughts on Correa. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Congrats on getting yeah, that right. That, that's the, the first thing I was going to say when I went. But yes, yeah. definitely got it wrong twice. Got it had right. To, had to dig real deep for nice. that one. Yeah. Shout out the Giants. Shout out the Mets. <laughs> Shout out Craig's yeah. ankle. You definitely had a leg um, to stand on. What McFilly said mentioned how many wins is it going to really get you in the regular season, which is a fair point. But the, the only issue I have with that statement is that the Mets are in a tough division. Yeah, and you want to win your division. You don't. You don't want to end up in these in these cheesy three th- three best of three games like they yeah. did first. And the then they got that yep. beat. And and they got screwed if you want to say that, but. They were put in that situation even after winning 100-plus games. And I don't know. I, th- I think it's bizarre. I think that I wish I knew the ins and outs of everything that went on Me too. with the Mets. The whole thing is bizarre. Yeah. It's so Especially bizarre that they the did not. details, too, of like what they wanted him to do every year, blah, blah, blah. Passing a physical every yeah. year. And who knows? Maybe he would have accepted that if they, if they would have brought the money up, if they would have matched that, that, that Minnesota money. Yeah, I think it was more about guaranteed dollars. Yeah, no, and, that's fair, and it's but. it's guaranteed dollars is one thing, and uh, here here's where I'm going to start my take because I think there's good and bad on both sides of this. Number one, uh, let's start with the top, the Mets. Steve Cohen comes in and says he's going to spend money, and then quite frankly, you can say it was the ankle that got in the way, but I, I think it's a it bodes well for the Mets that Steve Cohen is not spending like a drunken sailor because quite frankly, if it would have been the most met thing to say we have the biggest we have the biggest spending owner in all of baseball and then his you know one of his first big sighings is just 
ends up collapsing because of they overlooked the physical. That's one thing. So if you're a Met fan, I think you should look at it positively from that light. However, if he's not a drunk sailor, he's a buzz bu- sailor. Okay, buzz sailor. However, I don't like the fact that Mets are trying to rationalize it. Met fans are trying to rationalize it by saying things like McFeely just said. Like, what more is Correa going to do for the Mets? Come on, please. Don't give me that. No, Correa no, no, is no. going my, to... My, my point... My, listen, no, no, no. You just said my that. Point is just, my point is just, like, the Mets, did no, the Mets did nothing at the deadline last year, right? I would have to think that, that that's going to be different this year. So, I, really, in the first half... How many? How many wins is Carlos Correa? Worth? What do you mean? Look I mean, what he, I, look what they're going to the, be running the Mets are, at. Otherwise, the Mets are going to, but the, they're going to get help. I would have to think. Okay, but and, like and you're not going to have to give that help twelve. They're years. They're not going to get. Correa yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what help are they? Well, tell me the third baseman they're going to get. I, 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 look, if you want to say they'll sit out for Machado, cool. I think that's a good stance that the Mets have. That actually came out to be a fact that him being a free agent had, did factor into their decision. That's a fact that has already been out. I understand that. Name me the third baseman they're going to trade for that's going to match the production that Correa would have. But you're, you're like really like like sticking it down to a position. Like I, I could put McNeil at third base and then I could get a second baseman. I don't know exactly who's going to be out there, but there's always bats to be had. Yeah, but again, it's not Correa. Right, and then but but how would it have looked if Correa broke down in two years? Well, you're years? you're right, you're right. But I'm saying I you can you can have the stance that. You know, I'm happy that they didn't sign him. Don't have the stance of, well, what is Correa going to mean to the Mets? No, I was just trying to rationalize that. I don't think it's that big of a of a of a deal for this Met team. I, I don't think it. Uh, and I, dis- like, I disagree I don't, strongly. Look at their division. Uh, I mean, I, look what the Phillies did. It's not a. It's not going to break. The no, team. no, but that's what I'm saying. They're, the they're still a, they're still a top three, four team in baseball without them. So it's not like this. You know what I mean? It's not like this preposterous loss. I I get it, but. It's almost when you have the the Mets offseason, right? What the Mets upgraded their pitching staff, sure. What else? Yeah. No, that's about and, it. And You're what right. was, I think that I think that's why Met fans are kind of upset what, about this because it's kind of like what's what's all that different? I, I mean, you, you again. I don't want to get into the X's and O's and all the contract talk, but I thought you overpaid Nimmo, and that's a lateral move, just like we said with the Yankees. Like, obviously, I don't think anyone's saying we're overpaying Judge, but it's not like we added. Judge or an added a guy of Judge's caliber, we just retained a guy for more money than we were paying him. So it's almost like a negative when that happens. In a, you can look at it in a sense monetarily, but like you're gonna run out, Bruce. But you're it, like think about this. Then I know Matt DeSanto. We've had this this talk among the among Yankee fans that like you're you're running out of guys who you're gonna hope can can you know hit their hit their weight. And, and, and when you're a top three team, like rightfully so, top three, top five, like the Mets are, I think you, it's hard to just bank on guys that you haven't seen that from to do it. Like you, everyone's writing off the Alvarez is going to be the stud. You have no idea. You know how many studs come through that are supposed to be, you know, surefire things that just don't pan out. And same thing with Beatty. Beatty just got surgery to end his rookie year. Who knows if he's going to be the same prospect he ever was? I I just think. I don't expect him to start. I don't expect him to start 80, 90 games. Okay, that's it's fine. Also- it's also inconceivable to have an all-star at every position, right? So you're you're gonna have those those spots in your in your lineup where it's not a sure-fired thing. Y- yes. And would you would you rather it be Darren Ruff or would you rather it be a prospect? Well, you're you're right, but I don't think this is where I'm gonna get back to Steve Cohen. I don't believe in hanging on the rim after signing Lindor 
when now your offense is in question and you you don't make a move at the deadline and you don't you don't do anything to bode well at your offense in the offseason. What's the positive? You got Lindor, cool, and your offense is still faltered in the postseason. Don't you well, sure. I'm gonna flip the script. Don't you say that about Yankee fans when they make all these moves at the deadline and your your offense is always in question after making these moves? What do you like, mean? I feel like every time the Yankees will make, you know, they get Benintendi or they they get Bader, and then the Yankees' offense falters. It's always, well, why didn't you why didn't you upgrade your offense more? Or what? Why did you get these guys? Why did you go get Joey Gallo? Blah blah blah. Which obviously, it obviously Joey Gallo is not a good acquisition. But I'm saying just the sentiment of why didn't you upgrade your your offense? Why can't I reciprocate that back to the Mets? I, I remember being all over Benintendi. You and I you and I would talk about Benintendi every day and talk about how great of a fit he was. He was. But it's but at the end right. of the season it's always the it's always the offense for these two teams, I feel like. Yeah, but but I do feel like the postseason is a crapshoot. So when we say like what did you really do to upgrade your offense? And you know, not much. You're right, but the Mets still have one of the uh, I guess upper echelon lineups in major league baseball. For sure. However, I think the problem, and I think that in talking the Mets, I think it has to be just assumed that you're also in a division with, you know, you might be in the top five of offenses, but there's also two other teams that are in the top five offenses in your division. So it's like, you have to see these teams every day. So like, yeah, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but I don't know. I think that I thought a lot of Mets fans kind of were rationalizing that like, hey, Correa wasn't that big of a deal when I, I can't wrap my mind around those two names, those two phrases being in the same sentence. Well, you never had him to begin with. It was, it was, it felt like a, like a it was, pipe dream the second he became available. So I don't know. To me, I just, it just doesn't feel like a, a huge loss. I guess it was a luxury item. It, it was, yes. but, and I'll, I'll say this about, cause I'm, I'm kind of over ripping the Mets about this. Cause I don't think they deserve a hundred percent of the stuff that people, anyone that's complaining, I don't think that, it should be a hundred percent complaint. I feel like it should be like this gray area with Met fans where it's like, okay, yeah, we missed out on a luxury, like you guys said, but we also realize that our owner is not just throwing money at Joe Schmoes and anyone that asks for money. So what I will say is, what do you guys think about how, you know, Correa, just the optic of Correa refusing to take a physical every year, if he thinks his ankle is, you know, fine and not in question, that's a little bit two sided, isn't it? No, it. I. I don't think it's two sided at all. I, I. First of all, if he would have done that, the players' association would have had a fit right. over that. And, and it's kind of like your own physical, also. So like, you can't give a team that much leverage because, like, look, today he just passed the Twins' physical, okay, which is obviously different than the Mets and Giants. So like, four years, five years down the road, if he's still required to take physicals, he could always quote unquote fail a physical, especially with the issue that he has. In defense of the Twins, also, this is. They've they've had him, and this is not the first time he's taken a physical with them. Yeah, that's probably right. why it was so, so simple too, because they probably just went to the file cabinet but, and said, "All right, you're pretty good so far. Just quick checkup." Like, and I think the Twins wanted them all along. They just weren't competing money wise with what the Giants offered, and then eventually with the Mets. I, offered. I agree. So that that was kind of my next point of we're not getting into you know Twins baseball talk, but if you're a team like the Twins, or in general, if you're just a small market team in the MLB. We McFeely and I, Matt, I'm sure you have been on our podcast talking about how detrimental maybe Steve Cohen's ownership and his amount of uh, money is to the state of baseball. Is this a win for the small markets or like or no? Because they have to take a huge risk here almost to even get a guy. By small, 
I guess my small is. market is any team that isn't the Mets now. Well, small well, I mean, <laughs> Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Padres, you know, the, the usual suspects that seem to be in on these type, these, this caliber of free agent. Now the twins got them. I mean, it, 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 I want to say it's like a pseudo win, but at the same time, doesn't it kind of feel like a loss that the giants and Mets could have had him and he didn't want to be in Minnesota. And then both of those teams were like, Oh, we're good. So like, you can go make a ton of money in Minnesota. Like it almost feels like a loss more than a win. I think it came down the money for him. I'm not sure it was location based. Well, um, huh, that, that, clearly. That, yeah, I mean, but I mean, but we, we know that he really, well, at least all we heard was he really wanted to be a Met. I'm sure he wouldn't complain about being a giant. I, I don't think anyone wants to play for the twins. Do the Mets have a tribute oh. video to Correa when he comes to New York? Yeah. Uh, we, we should do a MLB career pass. Uh, Astros, Giants, Mets, uh, or no, Astros, <laughs> Twins, Giants, Mets, Twins. Just why? I mean, I think he was a Yankee for yeah, a second there too. Maybe John Heyman had him as a, as a Yankee at one point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think that the Correa again, like you guys said it perfectly. I agree with you in the fact that he would have been a luxury. But I think when you have a you know a super rich owner, I think you you need a, you need some luxuries. I, I don't think it's I, I it's almost like I'm expecting the luxury to come with Steve Cohen. Aside from just, you know, the sentiment of what a luxury is. So, uh, I don't know. If this was the Yankees, if this was the Yankees, Matt Santo, please tell me I'm wrong. If this exact situation happened with the Yankees, people would, the fire how people would be out and about. Out and oh, about. Indeed. Not even, I wouldn't be able to it go would, on Twitter. Unbearable. Yeah. I would have, I would be reading, reading the newspaper. At Playoff Tanaka, at uh, Matt McFeely. What was some of the other ones we found the other day? Oh, there's always the hoodies. There's always the hoodie glasses. Oh, yeah, hoodie Mabin. Hoodie Mabin in shambles, actually. Thank you, Cameron Mabin from the Yes Crew. Oh, uh, probably the worst news I've had to report on this podcast, but that's going to be rough. Uh, Carlos yeah, Beltran, no uh, they're going to put all their eggs in Carlos Beltran's basket, huh? Yeah, the, the Mets one asked one him to point. coach, and he said no. <laughs> Yankee Booth. on the on- – on the Correa stuff is um, Passon said it yesterday also that the Mets with where they're at with the tax number they wouldn't be paying them thirty million a year they'd be paying them closer to sixty yeah million I saw that too so I wonder if somebody maybe got in Cohen's ear and tried to talk him off the ledge maybe because of the next free agent market the team's good enough to compete for a World Series as is you hope it's still hope. Wilpon. I think that's just the. No, I just think it's the funniest statement. It's like the the 2022 version or the 2023 version of like, I don't know. Give me any sort of like rallying cry that the Yankees or Mets have had in the last like like the thumbs up. It's like the new thumbs up. I think to me, it's funny as hell. Um, any any uh any other or thumbs down? Sorry, sorry. Wasn't a thumbs down guy that was the the guy behind the the plate? I, I don't even remember. Irrelevant. It's the Todd Frazier uh, won the Little League World Series and stood next to Derek. Yeah, Peter. he was a Met for like a week. That's gonna be what it's gonna be called. That that uh that like weird uh thumbs down guy. If you go up to like center field in the five hundreds, he goes to like every Met game and sits by himself and keeps score. I kind of respect it. Does he does he sit there with his thumbs down the whole time? He does. Not. I used to I used to keep He's score up there. Have you met him, McVilly? Why would I say hi? To him? <laughs> Have you met Marlins, man? I have. Um, I've met Marlins, man. Yeah, I think so. He was a... Yeah, yeah, at a Met Giant I game. I met him at a Yankee-Astro game in the playoffs with, obviously, has Marlins jersey on. He's getting a hot dog. Nice guy. asking for a picture. 
took a selfie with me. It was wonderful. Um, Matt, uh, I, probably the highlight of that game too. Before we move on from baseball, and uh, now that you're here, I don't think really there's much news. But like, are the Yankees done? Like, what's what's going on there? Have you read anything? Have you seen anything that like is of note? I I, I like listening to Jack Curry. I think he's got the inside track on most of this stuff. And from what he says, they're they're waiting for the price to come down on Reynolds. They're not super aggressive. I don't see that it. happening. Continue. I don't. I don't think it will happen either. Maybe a tra- trade deadline type situation, but I think that they're going to go into the season with with uh, Hicks and Cabrera in left field. Oh, you clearly didn't watch the video I was in reference the other day about who the Yankees' real left yeah. fielder is. Is it a uh, no. Cameron Maven or Hoodie Maven? <laughs> no, but that would be quite the spin. Uh, the guy they got from I think it's the Cubs, Ortega, Rafael Ortega. Did you see that? Any of that? No, he sounds like a professional boxer. So I'll boxer. send you the video after this, but I'm just going to put it out into air because I heard John Boy speaking about it. If you they they did a deep dive into like his advanced analytics, he is like the he's going to be the Luke Void, and I to me he might be the platoon left fielder with Oswaldo Cabrera because he's one of like just looking a quick summary of his in depth stats. He would have like seven more home runs if he played in Yankee Stadium. He's going to be projected to be one of the like most affected pull guy or anti-shift guys. So, like, people are projecting his numbers to be better. He was already, like, a 260 hitter. He's a lefty. He plays left field and center field. And, Matt, when you – I actually sent his swing in one of our group chats. When you see his swing, the first word that came out of my mouth was Yankee Stadium swing. Like a Matt Carpenter oh swing. Oh, my God. Now I know what it's like to listen to just, like, little brother, like, pandering <laughs> garbage. Rafael Ortega is going to the promised land. Rafael yeah. Ortega is 31 years old, has a career OPS of 683. I I, I smell bro when when here. you see this guy swing, uh, Matt, bro. Please, uh, I will send you the, the the clip of John Boy talking about it. Uh, you can it's like it's like an inarguable thing that you cannot be sold on him. Like every stat is like so like this is exactly what the Yankees want. Lefty plays two positions. His swing path is like perfectly fit for every Yankee on the in the lineup. Uh, it's like I've, it's so it's kind of funny the fact that we just know exactly what the Yankees look for, and that's him. Sam is like the anti Twitter Yankee. Like Rafael Ortega is like what the the Yankees Twitter is making fun of. Sam's over here. Uh, uh, look, Rafael Ortega. I I I hope I'm the first one, and I hope he wins like the MVP or something this year. So uh, I just wanted to put that into air. Um, but yeah, other than that, no. Other than Rafael Ortega's uh, swing path, no Yankee news. Um, on this end, but I think we have a lot of jet news to go over. And Matt, if you can stick around with us for some jet news, um, I, love yeah, I think the misery is a good way to put it. McFeely, you definitely are more updated on this than I am. I've been too focused on Rafael Ortega's swing path to really focus on the Jets, <laughs> but, uh, talk to us about what's the newest in Jetland. Well, we heard earlier, um, that Woody Johnson wants the entire offensive staff, uh, gone. Uh, the level of truth to that, I'm not sure. And then a couple hours later, we get this bombshell report that uh, Mike LaFleur is out. And then seconds later, we find out that no, he's not. Not yet. So at, what's up with reporters right now? It's really Twitter like, sucks. you can't. Thanks, Elon. Like, I can't read anything and, and like celebrate it or, or take it with any. It's, uh, it's very ruffled. Yeah, we're not on, we're not on Twitter but, or the podcast. I think it's a, uh, I think it's a political statement at this point. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Bobby and I had had kind of the same um, the same Lafleur take here, where it's kind of like, uh, sure, like I don't want to blame him for the quarterback play that he's gotten, but I mean, all of us have watched Jet games this year and just been like, what kind of call was that? Mm-hmm. And I, and I get it when you don't have any talent at the position. I get it, but if you keep him around for another year and he stinks, it's like another year wasted on offense. And I just, I don't feel like doing that. I'm, I'm actually kind of with Woody, just clean him out. So uh, now I was listening to Don LaGreca talk about the jet situation literally minutes before this, sh- we started recording. You're going to bring up the coaches in the playoffs. Uh, no, I was going to, uh, when we get into the actual playoff of it, but um, yeah. So in what you're referencing, I think he said 10 of the, what is it? 12, think, co- four or 16 coaches. I think it's 11 of 14 are offensive. A great, yes. Two are defense. A great majority of the coaches in the playoffs are deemed to be offensive mind. Um, stemmed from or, offensive. Yeah, or stemmed from offensive coaching. coaching trees or whatnot. But he also said that, what do you think about the fact that Salah might be using LaFleur to attract a Jimmy G? Sure. Like, at this point, Sure. Because I'm I'm so over it. I'm so over it. I'm just I'm sick of not being able to watch football late into December. This is the closest we've been in years. Yeah, and it was just like the most disgusting last six games ever. And it was horrible. It was it, it was no, some of the no worst touchdowns. Football. No touchdowns in three weeks. That's like unprecedented. Yeah, we it's impressive. We had three recap shows of the Jets, and we didn't mention a touchdown score on the Jet side. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Remember, remember when the K show used to do like pick the touchdown score? Yeah, they would have been rolling in the dough right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, the Jets are the offense was. Uh, I don't even have a word for it. It was just inept. Yeah, I think it's the Let's only not way to recap put it. the season. Yeah, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna recap the season. I'm good on it. As far as like you know, hiring and firing guys. I mean, what's your what's your pecking order here? Who, who if someone goes, who's the most likely to go? Is it Lafleur? Even with all the reports that he's not fired this morning. Well, it's a hundred percent LaFleur. Yeah, because I don't even think that the reports are saying that he's not fired. It was just kind of like, oh, it didn't happen yet. Like that's yeah, really all. Which it was. is such a jet so, thing to say. But so yeah, so I, I have to think there's something to those reports. He would have to be uh, the first domino to fall. So so now you think Salah's? Where's your solid job security level at? Percentage. He's safe for he's, he's safe for now. I would say he's about eighty percent safe for now. Nah, even more. He, he's not getting fired this off. I think season. he's safe. I think he's safe because Douglas is safe. And they're not going to let Douglas hire a coach and then potentially fire Douglas next year. Right. And if, and if they're going to so triple want, down on you know, developing Zach, which is ridiculous uh, in it all, how do, you, how do you just end you know, half the regime and not the other? No, I mean, they would, they would. I think if this upcoming season, and I don't know why we're talking about it already, if it's anything like this one, I don't think any of them make it out all. I don't think so, so. either. Um, no, definitely. But what I will say is, like, can you see the Jets – uh, to me, the Jets quarterback room uh, is – I think Zach Wilson will be back next year. I think he will be. Can I can I pose yeah, a question? Jimmy G or, or Carr, if you had to pick? I mean, are, you, are we going to guarantee – can you guarantee me Jimmy G games or no? Uh, what, like, games Can you played? give me like over 14 and a half? Yeah, the healthy seasons, uh, hypothetical. We're we're talking about something that that's eight if away, if I'm but. talking hypothetical, I think I like Jimmy G only because I, I've I think I've said this verbatim, but I think he doesn't make the same mistakes that Derek Carr makes that can put defense the defense in bad situations. Like I think Jimmy G's like 
Jimmy G's big thing is he's a big like and the drive and the kick quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I think I, I think I agree. I think Carr can do more, and I was a big Carr defender too, for actually. a long time. He just like keeps getting worse, and he he just plays erratic, like you know, like jet quarterback football. Yeah. So I, I don't need it. I mean, whoever they pick, whoever they pick is going to be uh, the wrong decision. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, yeah but I guess what I was getting at is, all right. So let's just pencil in Zach right to be the quarterback. I think the quarterback next year, it, it honestly. I don't. I to me, it's looking less and less likely that they bring Mike White back. I think because all these sentiments about Zach Wilson and whatnot, like it's like, how are you going to bring back this? Like, imagine the only thing worse than making the wrong decision is running back an already terrible situation where it's like well, they yeah. might go Mike White, Zach Wilson, and then instead of Joe Flacco, you have uh, I don't know, blank veteran quarterback that's only there to be a, a veteran. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, listen, obviously, Mike White's not going to get uh, paid any huge sum of money here. But uh, well, you're going to pay to bring him back and be your third quarterback. Yeah. I don't, I don't foresee that. So yeah, I would and imagine be, Mike White's gone and be a major distraction and be a major. Eh, no, I, I, agree. Eh. I think that is a good point, and I agree because as soon as that's it, literally just Mike White being there stunts Zach Wilson's growth. If you truly believe in growing him, or if if you believe that his his mentals aren't all there. The the, the first Zach throw one pick and the, all of Jet fan base is going to be that's, calling that's for Mike White. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Like it's going to be just and always I, there. And I'm choosing to believe that Wilson's a guy who's who's looking on Twitter, looking at headlines and stuff. Oh yeah, I think I agree. And so a couple names that I wanted to bring up. Uh, one kind of got brought up to me the other day, and I was like, kind of entertaining. It. And it, I I will say though, it does go against what I just said about Derek Carr making bad decisions. Like, if you could bring Jameis Winston in here, uh, he, like, the Saints don't even want him on the team. If you can bring him in and just, like, kind of just be there, you know, even in the preseason to show some signs of, like, what people thought Jameis may be, you could, might be able to get him at a decent price right now. Didn't he throw five touchdowns in week one this and, year? And he, I, I, it, I don't know the story behind his situation with the Saints. I know he got hurt, but, like... I don't know why Andy Dalton was starting for a majority of the season. I never really understood that, but like, there's your uh, pencil and veteran that, quarterback. That's what I'm saying. Way. Oh, oh, Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton. No, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Actually, I mean, like honestly, well, if if the Jets had Andy Dalton this year, they prob they make the playoffs. Hundred percent. Yeah. Well, let me let me pose you guys the hypothetical that's just all over the airwaves today. I'm in. Let's say you find yourself in a situation where you can get Justin Fields for a one and a three. Um, Sam's all in. Yeah. No, I'm actually yeah. not because I I don't think that like the Jets one is what thirteen. I I think it's got to be it's going to be way more than that for Justin Fields. But but this is this I think it was Mike Tannenbaum saying that like oh that's what you yeah. get from let's say it's a a one a three and a four whatever it is let let's just hypothetically say are, are you you'd be okay giving away a, a few picks for Justin Hypothetically, Fields. Hypothetically, I would trade the 13th overall pick plus 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 for Justin Fields. Yes. You know that's it's such a kick in the ass though because you could have drafted Fields. Yeah, two. no. And I I yeah. don't think it's going to happen. I I don't think well, first of all, let me backtrack. I don't think the Bears will trade Justin Fields. I I think that to even suggest we'll go around the league obviously, but just suggesting that I think is crazy. I I I can't No, I see think it, it makes it makes sense if like, if you really think Bryce Young is going to be, like, a dude, 
Because like it would make sense to be like, okay, let's restart a rookie contract. Let's get picks and then also get our quarterback at one because, I mean, the Texans just sold. That was ridiculous. It definitely makes sense. I, I think it makes sense, but I just I just don't feel that I, I would take the gamble uh, when I think Justin Fields looks okay. I know nothing about Bryce. Uh, see, that's, what I, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, that is – I think it's such a risk. And it's like, what's the bigger risk? You know, drafting Bryce Young and him him not panning out or just keeping Justin Fields, losing no future, you know – you're not really changing anything. You still have your pick. You do you have the number one overall pick that look quite frankly for the Bears, I think they should use that number one overall pick to get like other assets and other picks and be able to keep Justin Fields because you know you could trade the number one pick for a lot in the NFL. Um, Realist- realistically, that's probably yeah. What's and happen. I think yeah, that's yeah. The mo- yeah. I understand it's a hypothetical, but my answer is yes. If I was the Jets and that was posed to me, I would. Uh, I would definitely entertain that. Even if it's like, you know, maybe the Bears want to take it. Do th- How about this? What if the Bears say, hey, we'll take a chance on Zach Wilson. Give us 13 Zach Wilson and another pick and give well, to give you fields. So they could draft Bryce Young and have Zach no, Wilson No, no, no. They'll just, they'll, maybe they ask for like a, I don't know, an, like a player or something. I'm saying like. Would they? I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone nobody. would be like, "Give me Zach Wilson for my." No, no. Well, obviously, obviously, the, I'm not saying just. <laughs> I'm not saying just Zach Wilson. I'm saying like we could take Zach Wilson, who could be a project as well, and then what? Maybe, maybe the Bears go after a veteran quarterback, and they just piece up. Probably. Not I, I'm again just yeah, hypothetical. The the direction I thought McPhilly was going was Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I I just can't see how they let him leave the building. Well, I thought yeah. so too. But now it's like I just read that this like whatever his injury is is now going to be like triple or double the amount of time they expected. I get a little suspicious when that happens because it's almost like in the back of my mind it's like, hmm, is Lamar Jackson just holding out to make sure that he's healthy for free agency? Well, I would agree with you if there was no such thing as a franchise tag. Like, how do they not just slap that on him? Well, he said he wouldn't play under it, but that's yeah. All but like, yeah, I, I understand that's all speak, but still, it's just like even if he does play under the franchise tag, like unwillingly, do you really want that to be the case? If you're the Ravens, like you, you kind of want to avoid that situation. I feel like, I guess you know, so. I, whether that be you know signing like a signing trade. I don't know. Does that really even happen that much in the NFL, where guys will sign and then go somewhere else for a deal? Uh, can you can you trade someone under the franchise tag? I don't even know. No, yeah, I don't that, think so. so. I don't believe so. So maybe the the better option is to, you know, to do some sort of sign and trade like that with, you know, I would if I'm the Jets, I would I would trade the 13th pick plus 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 for Lamar Jackson. If that was the case. Yeah, I probably would. You know, I don't know if I would do that yep. for Jimmy G, but for Lamar Jackson, I definitely would or Justin Fields. Um, but let's stop talking about a mis- some misery. Let's get into the Giants, because quite frankly, they have uh, one of the if not the biggest game in the last like five or so years, would you say? Oh yeah. I mean, obviously since the Packer game, since the, uh, the boat trip. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't think of any other, any other game that was bigger than this one. Giants head to Minnesota. Uh, I believe last time I checked, they were getting three points. So Vegas saw them as just about even in Minnesota. Um, I like the Giants to win this game. I think that they have shown me many more positives than the Vikings have shown me. Like every time I watch the Vikings, I always like am picking out negatives from them. But for the Giants, I feel like I'm always picking out the positives that they do, especially down the down the line here at the end of the season where Daniel Jones has looked good, 
Saquon Barkley has looked like he was in the beginning of the season. Dexter Lawrence is a first-team All-Pro. Um, you know, Brian Dable could win Coach of the Year very easily. Uh, this is a team that has a lot of positives, and I'd like to see them carry that over into this game. I'm not going to reveal too much because I do plan on picking this game in our pool, wow. which we'll get into. Um, so I don't really want to lean either way here. Um, but like, I, I don't you guys think it's peculiar that like every couple weeks we have this conversation about like after the Giants are hot for three weeks, like people forget what they looked like a, a couple weeks prior. And I, I don't know. I just feel like we're always way too high or way too low on the Giants. And everyone is as a whole, because I mean, have, have you heard some of these professional takes out there just guaranteeing a giant win? I just don't. I don't know where all the Cubs from. I think it's a totally winnable game for sure. They almost beat them already, but it was like a sixty-two yard field goal or something crazy like that that lost them that game. Yeah, yeah. So they they definitely could have could have beat them for sure. I don't know. I just think that like this prime time. I know Daniel Jones. This is like honestly a battle of like two terrible stats: prime time Kirk Cousins versus prime time Daniel Jones. Both just miserable in the prime time. Uh, Kirk Cousins may have extinguish that earlier this year, but um, I'm not going to make a point allocation on this. Uh, I'll explain that in a second, but again, I like the Giants with the points. Um, before before DeSanto goes here, I, I want to say that I'm also afraid of picking this game just because like, I think the odds that this is a three-point game is, like, I think that there's a better chance this game ends by a field goal than any other game, and it would it would suck. Okay, so before before yeah. we walk around more eggshells, let me explain what we're, we've been alluding to with the playoff pick. So McPhilly and I were speaking about how, you know, in the regular season, it was kind of, uh, we wished that we had been keeping track better of our picks and just kind of like a more competitive sense. So we devised a plan to do so for the playoffs. So with 12 playoff games in one Super Bowl, what we are going to do is regardless of the amount of games every week, we have to every, I guess, round, we have to make a one point and a two point pick. So for instance, if McPhilly, wants the Giants plus three, he can allocate either one point or two points to that game. Period. Stop. Only have to do one one point, only have to do one two point. However, we're going to accumulate points, and then at the end for the Super Bowl, we are going to treat it as a final Jeopardy-esque sort of rule set, where let's say McFeely has eight points and I have seven going into the Super Bowl. We are going to blindly uh, submit our Super Bowl pick to could be Matt, could be Bobby, any of our, uh, you know, f- featured guests, I'll say, that have been on the podcast. And they'll come on and they will reveal it on our Super Bowl show, Who Wins. So I kind of have a hunch of where you wanted to go in this game. So with that being known, Matt McFeely, I think you have a pick on this game. What's your pick? What's your allocation? Uh, let me let me rest on it because I, I just – I kind of talked myself out of it a little bit when I talked about the, the – because th- the way the Vikings win games – like gutless, just give me a minute. That's all. Uh, DeSanto, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a giant fan, if you, if you put yourself in, into the shoes of a giant fan and you lose this game by 10 points, you come away feeling fine, right? Like, I don't want to call it fine. house money because now it's kind of everyone's like all up on the giants. I think I heard 92% of the public is on the giants. Um, but I, I think come Monday morning, you feel fine. You feel fine, and you move on to the next question, which is, what do you do with Daniel Jones? Now, D- Daniel Jones seemed to win most people over towards the end of the season as far as them keeping him in the future. But if Daniel Jones goes out there and stinks, you know Giant fans are going to be back on the 
back on the anti-Daniel Jones boat. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this game is the only team with a worse point differential than the Vikings in the playoffs, the Giants. Yeah, I, I've heard I that. The, the Vikings won, went 13-4 and four and had a negative three-point differential. I, I don't know really. That's kind of why I feel like everyone's been saying they're frauds all along. I'm not going to put a point allocation on this either just because I think it's too much of a toss-up in my eyes. But I think, Matt, that stat is very, very telling. I, I mean, what really though, like if you want to break down what point differential means, like you could win th- you know, four games against stellar opponents by a field goal and then you lose one one bad game, you know, by twenty five points, and your point out point differential looks bad. But like, really, how bad was or it? 50, right, or well, fifty. Right. That's, that's why it, it says more about Minnesota than it does the Giants. Like to be thirteen and four. Yes, and that's what the, I yeah. right. Yeah, I yeah. mean, but I'm saying that there's even a way that like you know if you lift, if you really dig deep into the numbers and the stats, like you can even say that like winning closer games with a lesser point differential could be like more impressive. You, know, you understand what I'm saying? So. Um, Matt, did you did you give a formal pick on that, Matt DeSanto? Uh, if I was participating, I would skip this game for sure. Well, what? just around the league, <laughs> just around the league sense, around the league sense. What kind of that's the I, most I, gutless I, thing I, I've ever heard in my life. If I was participating, I'm just going to skip. If I, I was participating in your in yeah. your little reindeer game, no, I mean, well, yeah, we're going to pick every game points. regardless. Oh, okay. Uh, give me a give me Vegas rules all Vikings given the three. I'm going to take the Giants plus three. I'm not going to give a pick yet because I might allocate okay, it. Okay, cool. So now let's continue with around the league. We're going to go to San Francisco. San Francisco hosting the Geno Smith uh, Jet season-ending quarterback, Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are getting 9.5 points here in this game, 435 on Saturday. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, just, just the way the 49ers are just – Really, just beating teams up right now outside of Las Vegas. Yeah, I mean, give me them to to cover the nine and a half. It's a lot of points, especially in a playoff game, especially in a divisional playoff game. But um, yeah, I, I think I'm gonna lay it. I'd also lay it as well. That's my one point game, and I'm gonna take the Seahawks plus nine and a half. I'll <laughs> say this: like nine and a half points is just way too much. I get Brock Purdy's like the and. The NFL's like newest thing, whatever. A lot of points for a first time playoff start. A lot of points. Uh, I think that is a totally different. I think this is a this is a this is the beginning of a new season for the NFL right now. I think now I want to say you throw out all the record books because yeah, I think you know the good teams are good teams, but I just think it is a lot of points to be laying. Do I think the 49ers win this game? I do. I think they they definitely do win this game. I wouldn't touch the Seahawks money line. But I think it's a lot of points. I could see this being like a you know a six point game or a seven point game, even even a nine point game. I think that nine and a half hook is quite interesting. Um, so I'm going to take the Seahawks with one point there. The 49ers could also beat them seventeen to six and cover because their defense is the best yeah, in the league. But I think I just I'm just going based off the sentiment. I just think it's way too much points for a rookie's first start. That's all. That's literally my yeah. only point there. Next game, the Jaguars. Uh, are plus two at home hosting the Chargers. That's an interesting line. This is this is going to be a game where I feel like it's going to be a lot of toss-up in the money on on, uh, on Vegas and tickets and whatnot. Yeah, I get the sense that the general public just <coughs> excuse me people that I people that I listen to up. I, 
everyone's hot on Jacksonville. Everyone loves Jacksonville. They play like it's shit like, last weekend. Just saying. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like the same issue I have with the Giants. Just getting way too high on them. Getting way too. I just I, I don't know. Um, that said, I'm gonna pick them, but I'm not gonna allocate any <laughs> points on this game. I just okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I can't bring myself to do it. I think elite quarterback play rules all in the playoffs. And Lawrence isn't there yet, but I think Herbert is an elite quarterback. Uh, I, right I agree. Um, and I just can't wrap my mind around, you know, being the biggest uh, Trevor Lawrence hater early on in his career. And then his first playoff game, I'm going to be all over him. I'm going to take the Chargers giving two. I think that the Chargers just I've been critical of the Chargers, but like they've been quietly a, like a pretty good team all year long. Uh, I feel like they can compete with anyone. If they were fully healthy the whole year, I think their record would be a lot better. There was People are forgetting they won a lot of games, and Justin Herbert was not healthy for a large portion of the season after that. Uh, remember, he got hurt in the Chiefs-Chargers game that I think came down, was a close game even when he got hurt. Yeah, he had that crazy throw when he had that, he hurt his rib. Remember that early on in the season, like week four or something like that? Um, I think the Chargers are good. I think that, like kind of just what I said about uh Brock Purdy. I know, obviously, Trevor Lawrence not a rookie, but this is really his first playoff game. Um, I, I just, I can't. The, they might as well. They might win this game. They might. Obviously, they might. I think they have. They're definitely deserving of being there. I think they were in a bad division all year long, and I think the Chargers are just a better team. So I'm going to take the Chargers minus two. Um, the next game, the Buffalo Bills host the Skylar Thompson-led Miami Dolphins. Buffalo giving 13 here. Love it. Yeah. I feel like, how do you not take it? I'm not, yeah. <laughs> not going to allocate points. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Buffalo should beat them by three touchdowns. Easily. Call me a sucker. I'm giving the 13. Two points. You love you love. No, I lines. hate the big two, lines. That's your, that's your, that's your two-point play? That's my two-point play. So my one-point play is the Seahawks plus nine and a half. Two-point play, the Bills minus 13. I'll say this okay. again. Skylar God. Thompson is not going on the road, and I I will be – this will be the most stunning win of the season if the Dolphins win this game, to me. Any yeah. Name me any win ever. Jets over the Bills with Zach Wilson amidst all that. L- literally, the this will be the one of the most stunning wins I've ever seen, given the DeMar Hamlin injury. I think they're going to be so up for this game. I think I read that DeMar is trying to be in attendance for this game. I don't know if that's going to be, like, medically cleared, but – if I just don't, I can't see the Bills winning or losing this game. Betting wise, I think the the best play is Bills first half. Uh, I think that's just I, my favorite bet of the week. But I'll give the thirteen. What is it? Um, I'm gonna assume it's like eight. I'm, I'll I'll get it up for you. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm gonna give the thirteen there, and that's my two point play. Okay, seven I, and I a half. I am gonna lay. Half. I am gonna lay a couple points on this giant game. Um, not to make rules on the go, but I wanted to propose. How about if you push, you get half the points. So you would get one if you push on a two-point play. You get half a point if you push okay. on a one. Because the pushes are the I'm down for that. If we get pushes, we get we pushes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to take Minnesota to win another close one. Let's hope it's not three points. And I'm going to make it my two-point play. What a weasel. Asking for the I couldn't deal with being called three line. I couldn't, I couldn't deal with being weasel. called gutless. All right, but I just put two points on it, and I was unsure I, I, of it five I seconds it. ago. I get so it. I should, have, I should have said home, no, though. Home team gets Well, the then head. I just wouldn't have picked it. That's why it's cheese. Yeah, well, you like the Giants anyway, so shouldn't you be happy? I know, I know, but I didn't, I didn't allocate <laughs> anything to it. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, so that's your, you said your one-point play? That is my two-point two play. Two-point play, Vikings minus three. 
just love yeah. New York misery. You root for it even. Just, I'm not a giant believer yet. Okay, that's hey, that's fair. You're picking your your right to make it. Well, I love uh, misery. Next game, the is it? E- it's gonna be a drop. Is it even? <laughs> is it even Tyler Huntley starting? I mean, I know it's no. not Lamar Jackson. No, you ready for this? Apparently, I could be wrong. I just read this text from a cousin of mine. Apparently, starting for the Ravens this week is like the SJV quarterback. Oh yeah, from, Anthony like, Brown. Anthony he Brown. started last week. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't even know yeah. that. Um, so now he's starting a playoff yeah. game. Nice. He was horrible. Bengals minus eight and a half. Are you going to give a point here? No, I'm not. Wow. Really? I, I'm. I like. I'm going to take the Bengals. I'm not giving a point here. I, I'm gonna. I, I'm gonna put my point uh, against Tom Brady. I don't care what anyone oh, says. Oh my god. Wow. I don't care what anyone says. So that's quite bold. All right. Let's let on before we get to that. Obviously, process elimination. We know you're picked, but let's talk about this game a little bit. Are the Bengals? Uh, I, I think the Bengals are elite. I really do. Yeah, uh, and they I are. think that you know. I thought that I was looking at the lines, and I came very close to taking the Bengals minus eight and a half here with the two points. I I just don't know. I think I just think they have. This scares me that the Ravens have a better coach. I think, or a more seasoned yeah. coach. <laughs> I guess isn't it funny that after all that talk about like one seeds and bye weeks. I mean, the Bengals and Bills basically both have bye weeks anyway. Essentially. Yeah, I mean, I, you just yep. if a Bills fan hears this and they lose, you're done for. You know that, right? <laughs> done for. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to take the Bengals minus 8.5. What, you're going to take the Bengals minus 8.5? Yeah, that's – yeah. Okay. Matt, you too? If Yeah, if 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 it's true that uh, SJV legend is starting at quarterback, I'd take the Bengals minus 14. Yeah, that's true. That's eight, a, it's eight, a cap. 8.5 is – Eight and a half is kind of weird to me. I feel like that should be a ten point line with a third string quarterback. Well, but well, let's. Good. I don't know if it's confirmed any any quarterback uh, decision. Yet. I don't know that it's confirmed, but I don't think um, Hungley was like throwing today or something. Well, I think yeah. More rules on the fly. Uh, just kind of not really a rule, but if like let's say we take this game and once you lock in your allocation, your allocation is locked in unless something egregious happens injury wise. You know, while you're locked in between the time of us making the pick and the game being beginning. Like, so yep, like if, if uh, I don't know if it's not Skylar Thompson that starts and let's say Tua does miraculously start, I'm going to be able to retract my bills pick. Is that it fair? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's understood. So now I'm going to let you open with this. Cause I'm curious to hear your explanation, but the Monday night game, this might draw the, a, this is, I don't, I'm so curious to see what number this draws viewer wise, but oh, Tom yeah. Brady, hosting a playoff game against the Cowboys and is a dog. Yep. So, um, two and a half points. I, some point, some point in my life, I have to beat Tom Brady <laughs> and this might be my last chance. And I feel like my whole, my whole theme for this whole around the league here has just been, I, I'm, I'm trying not to get swept up by anything that happened last week or the week before. Uh, Dallas is a better team than Tampa Bay. Um, I've lost enough money on Tampa Bay. I've watched enough Buccaneers games this year to, to just know that they're they're just not a very good team. They're lucky. They're lucky to be here. They're happy to be here. Um, I, I know what Dak looked like looked like last week. I get it. And but just give me give me Dallas to to win the game. So two and a half. I'll take Dallas, and I will put one point on that. Okay. So officially, Dallas minus two and a half, and you're going to what was your two point? Just just for clarification. Right, right. Vikings minus three. Vikings minus three. Dallas minus two and a half. 
Interesting. I, li- I like that we have two different games. Obviously, I'm yeah. going to watch them all, but now I have to watch them somewhat intently. Um, by the way, also, too, Matt, before, I'm going to let you get to your side of this, too. But we are yet to come up with a punishment. That will be uh, definitely mulled in the front office of uh, podcast by New York Sports within the coming days. And we will update our listeners uh, as soon as that information comes agreed to, I'll say. Uh my, my sources are telling me that uh, one of the two are unwilling to do a makeup tutorial, and I'm disappointed. I'm unwilling yeah. to do a makeup tutorial, yes. I'm unwilling. I'll yeah. Call me whatever uh, you want. Unwilling. Matt, uh, Matt DeSanto's suggestion was spray tan. Boring. And Sam's suggestion was, hey, how about like you wear a Yankee jersey to a Met Yankee game or vice versa? Like, give me a break. Like, I want to sweat it a little bit. <laughs> I went to a Yankee game with Sam once, and he wore a Jackie Robinson jersey. I did, oh, yeah, big Jack, big Jackie <laughs> Robinson guy. Uh, actually, I also went to a Yankee game where Yasiel Puig jersey, as pictured on my Instagram, I believe. Um, that looks really good going back. Might have to be the cover of this podcast, actually. Um, I'm gonna take Tom Brady plus two and a half, and I, just for the pure sentiment of uh, playoff Tom Brady. I, do, I don't believe yeah. in the fact of I need to beat Tom Brady. I don't believe in that. Just get over it. I'm he's over not, it. He's not a pitcher anymore. Get over it. It's, it no, the least I, of your concerns just, as a Jeff fan. Right. He just doesn't look very good. I'm 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 done oh, I'm doing sorry. the whole the like, Cow- like oh, the look never good bet last against week. Brady. They had a great season. Tampa Bay did not. Okay, they had a they had a great season. Except the most recent game, they looked like they couldn't even play football, and Dak is just looking miserable. Leading the this the um. NFL in interceptions, as a matter of fact. Uh, I'm not getting swept up in Week 18. I'm not doing that, it. That's fine. Don't You don't have to. He he didn't throw 15 interceptions in Week 18, though. That's all I'm going to say. Um, yep. So I'm going to take the, the Bucks plus two and a half. Matt, no allocation. Yeah, but- Matt, what's your stance? Bucks by a million. Wow. Uh, I hope Brady wins another. I hope Brady wins another Super Bowl. I'm I'm on the uh, the backwards trend of Jet fans. Just 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 keep winning. I don't care. I mean, Philly's gonna hang it up if the Bucks win. No, I because I don't care. Like I don't dislike Brady. It, that was more of just like a me just trying to say I'm sick of the never bet against Brady thing because he looks like a totally different quarterback. So I'll ask you this: if if Brady does win this game, let's say he makes even like a crazy run. Will you, what, what does it take for you to to really get on get back on the don't bet against Brady train? Fifty five years of age, probably when he becomes a senior. <laughs> no, when, when he's on the Jets next the year. The NFL is going to have a conundrum when they have to start paying yeah, him really. his his game checks and retirement checks at the exact same time. And and social yeah. security, he's going to be yeah, loaded. No, he's 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 got a plan, man. I'm telling you. Um, all right, so look, a lot. Of, I feel like we definitely went a lot of. Uh, back and forth here i'll say that we definitely differ our opinions on this which i thought is interesting because i definitely thought that there were some teams that you would like that i that you picked otherwise so well, we'll be interesting it's just a lot of it is just having like just knowing that i haven't been good at picks this year so I, I don't know just trying to go about it a different way i'm upset neither of you guys picked the Bengals. Yeah, that's my favorite game of the week. I liked them, but yeah, I—I uh, I mean, I guess I thought about it. Um, I, who are you taking out? I, I uh, love yeah, the well, Seahawks. Uh, anything over it's a touchdown, I—I'll cling to any three, two and a half point line over that. And everybody's favorite, fraud or applaud. 
We brought in Matt DeSanto for this. We uh, we like having him around for the segment. Matt, how are you doing? Going on. Uh, I have one today that is an assorted bag. There's no theme. Um, there's no consistent sport. I, I really wanted to realm outside of sports. I was I was trying to think of a pop culture one, but uh, I landed on three sports ones that I like. Um, as always, if you guys happen to know the answer, try to lay out to the best of your ability. And uh, if you're both ready, let's do it. Get to it. Ready as I'll ever be. Okay. We're starting off with a hockey proposal. In game two of the 1928 Stanley Cup final, Rangers goalie Lorne Shabbat, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, he was injured in the game. The Rangers were without a backup goaltender that night, so the Rangers head coach, uh, Lester Patrick, 44 years old, had never played goalie in his life, suited up and uh, led the Rangers to a 2-1 to one overtime victory. This is a Stanley Cup game. Guys never played goalie before. Um, I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar that the NHL still, to this day, has that wrinkle in the rules yeah. where uh, Didn't a, a fan coach could or suit like up. A, and an play. alternate goalie yeah, come in there's also like There's also like an emergency fan, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Lester Patrick, game two of the 1928 Stanley Cup final, enters the game, leads the Rangers to a 2-1 to one overtime victory. And that would be the only time that any coach had, had ever entered uh, any hockey game or any NHL game to play goalie. All right, Matt, I'm going to start because I'm going to say that kind of back to what we just said about, uh, you know, having that alternate rule. I remember that happened somewhat recently within the past, like, three or four seasons or so that there's some crazy story and then the guy got, like, signed or something like that. Um, I feel like if that was the – if this was true – I would have heard more about it, especially in, you said Rangers, so in a New York Rangers light. I'm going to just say it's fraud. Okay, yeah, I think I'm leaning fraud. This seems like something uh, Don McGreca would have brought up. That's where uh, 95% of my hockey information comes from. Yeah. Uh, hot but, star, uh, guys, that is an applaud. Ah, nice. No. Do yeah. tell. I mean, tell you what, I just told you the whole story. Yeah, I mean, it's cr- but like, do you know anything else about it? Like, whatever happened with him, like... I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about 1928, but he's in the Hall of Fame as a coach, I believe. Uh, 19, what year was it? 28 Stanley Cup Final. I've, I've said that a couple times. Uh, 1928. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever. Uh, Next. All right. Let's let's go to a tennis question. Oh, Jesus Christ! You guys might have heard before that the longest tennis match ever was an 11-hour, five-minute marathon over the course of three days at Wimbledon in 2010. John Isner winds up winning that match. That's 2010, not 1910, correct? Yeah. Okay. It's a much lesser-known fact, though, that the shortest Grand Slam tennis match ever was just nine minutes. This took place in the 1988 French Open final with Steffi Graf coming out on top. And uh, she didn't give up a point. So just a, a nine-minute sweep. Hmm. Seems outrageously quick. But I will. I, what I will tell you guys, though, is men have to win three sets. Women only have to win two sets. That that sounds like something that should change. But that's another, uh, that's another day. Hmm. You said nine minutes? Yeah. And what, did, and what did you say the longest one it was, ever was? Well, it, was it was it was nine and change. So it was nine minutes twenty eight seconds. The longest one ever. It took uh, it took three days to complete. That was eleven hours and five minutes. 
So now this is when you say the time. This might be a stupid question. It's, it's like when the game is like in play. So, like, so it's okay. Got it. So like an NBA game is forty-eight minutes, but it can also take three hours. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. They played eleven hours in game. Yeah, I mean, like not like when the ball is in the air, but like if you're setting up for a certain, like if the game is going. Yeah. 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 Um. Nine minutes. Seems quick. In- I'm, 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 I'm gonna go ahead and, and fraud it. Um. And what, what did you say this uh, female's name was? Steffi Graf. Does that, does that move the needle for you? Yeah, really. The only reason I ask is because <laughs> I would like figure... Like if I fumbled the name or something? No, no, no. I'm just, just, I was going to ask Country of Origin, but that wouldn't help either. But Country of Origin? What are you doing? <laughs> I was thinking, uh, the only reason I, I'm like on the fence still, so I'm trying to get like all these little tidbits, but the only reason I would, I would say fraud is because I would feel like that would be some crazy thing of like Serena Williams would have or something like that. Like, right. That I would hear more about it, um, but I'm gonna applaud it just because I think it's a. It would be cool to applaud it. Okay, cool did you fact. did you go to Santa? Yeah, I, I frauded it. Okay, this is a fraud. That match did happen, and it is the shortest uh, Grand Slam match ever. But it took about 32 minutes. Yeah, I'm gonna hang it up. I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, are you 0 2 right now? Yeah. All right. Nice. Man, imagine you go 0 3. All right, I, I'll close it off with a baseball one though. So I have faith in you guys. Uh, and I'll give you a hint to start. This was in the last 50 years. So, you know, don't think anything outrageous. Uh, there was once a player who played baseball for 10 different major league teams in one spring training. So uh-huh. either traded, cut, claimed. He actually recorded a stat, you know, whether it be an at-bat, whether it be a, a anything in the field. He recorded a stat for 10 different teams. It was a part of 11 different transactions over that spring training period. Um, and he went on to just never make it to the big leagues. Hmm. So this was, he was playing for multiple teams and then just, he never got a big league roster spot after this or wasn't on a roster before this. Is that a valid question? Well, like he's, so no, I don't believe he was ever on a major league. No, he was definitely never on a major league roster, but he just, this spring training just got tossed around. I don't know what was going on at the time, but like that uh, time yeah. when uh, Will Farrow played for every MLB team, something like that. Right. <laughs> Lewin Diaz has been on. I, I was just gonna say that because I was literally looking at that post before about it. he's been on like six. But you did say record and record a stat. Am I right. wrong in saying that? P- played in the game, so like it doesn't have to be put up. Like he okay. played an inning at least. You know. Imagine he played. 10, with 10 teams and didn't record a bad or a stat. And you said this was in the last... Um, you say 50 or 15? 50. In the last 50, 50 years. Okay. But that's just a... I wanted to give a big number. I didn't want to give yeah, it Yeah, one. yeah, I got you. I'm just... I, okay. I'm not, I don't want this to be 1920 like our hockey one was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big question is why don't we have the name? Uh, if I... I think you guys may have heard of the name. Fair enough. Yeah, um... I would guarantee ahead, you... I know that you've heard of the name, actually. I'll give you that. Okay, so I'm almost thinking I want to applaud this because I feel like it's going to be someone like outside the box ridiculous that just like would go and play, you know, he maybe he's some a part of another sport or maybe does some other profession that was just kind of hanging around baseball or something. Uh, I hope I go in three and I'm going to applaud this. Right, I think that McFeely is talking about Will Farrell and I'm going to applaud it. Yeah, I was going to be really upset if Sam, for, like Sam said who it was and then didn't get... Ca- I don't. I didn't understand that. Well, once Sam said it, I, I, well, I kind of understood. Because right. <laughs> I didn't know it was. I thought that was like. Uh, I didn't know that was an official 
Yeah, it's official. Yeah, baseball reference. Yeah, so that's a, I, I knew that's I was kind of throwing a bone when I was like, I know that you guys know this guy. Yeah. Um, well, I, but I, I would have felt I, bad if you guys didn't get it after Sam gave the answer. Yeah, yeah. Good job by me. Yeah, I redeemed myself by crushing the third. So, DeSanto, you three and over, two, two and one. Two and one. All right. Two. Better than me. Um, cool. Uh, 1920s hockey, 2010s tennis, women's tennis, and uh, <laughs> Will Farrell playing baseball. Just might, does it get better be than that? No, it, it doesn't. Be the best one yet. It does not get yeah, better. Yeah, but than but that. like no one, no one gave DeSanto anything for Doug Deepenough. Yeah. <laughs> well, Doug Deepenough is unfortunately not a real person. But but uh, all right. Well. I think uh, anything else you guys wanted to add before we wrap it up? No. I love misery. We all love misery. I think that's the slogan of the pod. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining us. Uh, We're going to talk to you more about baseball as more stuff unfolds. Maybe Yankees got a left fielder one of these days. Maybe uh, some more swing paths we can analyze. But um, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, Enjoy the playoff weekend. NFL playoffs are electric regardless of who's on the field. Um, so, and now that you have our picks to keep in mind, definitely some rooting interest for any of those who are looking for some more rooting interest. So thank you for listening, interact with all our socials and peace out.